Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right. Hey, Ben, how you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah. It sounds like it may be hotter at your where you're at than where I'm at. So, I mean, that's, that's really good for us because we live down here like you can feel the inferno. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the 90s today in Maine, so, you know, definitely warmer than normal, especially uh, for the right in the beginning of June, uh, but uh, it's uh, it, we'll get a break from that. We're going to get down into, like, low 60s for the high soon, and rainy. It's mm. Maine, you know, so, anyway... <laughs> But uh, the uh, you know one th- one thing that's helped me do really well this year is uh, I've not been keeping an eye on my on my stocks on my savings account and not really watching whether it's going up and down, which makes me a lot happier because I don't have to be worried about that. <laughs> what I can't make a difference on. How about you? Have you been keeping much an eye on your savings this year? Uh, yeah, actually more than the year before. Cause he's got, it was just, things were not going well. It's like, you know, it just be better for me not to look. Uh, but I have seen, uh, positive things happening. So, and then with, you know, the, uh, I mean, I've got some money invested as well as some money in, in the bank. And so the fed keeps raising interest rates. So, I mean, that, that helps, um, at least in terms of the savings account, but yeah. has other effects. So it has been interesting financially. So, but uh, but that definitely leads us to our topic. Uh, maybe naturally, maybe forced. I don't know, because uh, I want to talk today about investments and the next generation. So, so Ben, uh, so you do save money now, correct? Yes, I do. You, uh, in addition to that, you pro- you have some gold buried in your yard, right? <laughs> Yes. Well, you know, I, I don't quite go that route, but when I was younger, um, I mean, I was a greedy little kid. Like I, I literally just loved money. And so I did not open my own bank account until I was like 16 or 17 years old. Um, my dad encouraged me to do that, but I just wanted to be able to see my money. And so I kept it in a, a Classico spaghetti jar in my nice. my room. And so my clothes were hung, you know, kind of up higher and they would hang down and cover up this little, uh, set of drawers I had that were in the closet and it I rested on top. So like if, if somebody broke in, they wouldn't see the money, you know, initially. But <laughs> at one point I think I had probably like $1,500 in cash in this, uh, this jar. And I just would take it out sometimes and just count it. And I remember having this moment though of realization, and I remember praying in my bedroom. I was like, "Lord, I'm greedy, and I don't want to give my money away. And so you're gonna have to help me be generous because I don't want to be." That's funny. So. Yeah, the uh, that so when you were so when you were sixteen, you started saving more formally. I assume then, or when did you start really? Saving well, I started money? putting it in the bank. I mean, I was a saver ever since I was. I don't know as long as, long as I can remember. I I, I don't really like that. to spend money. I would just stockpile it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I can imagine that. So, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> you can imagine. That. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we've known each other for years. <laughs> oh no, it's it's true. I... Anyway, for yeah, for me, I, I you know I right now I try to put a little money towards uh, 
and my uh, Roth IRA, uh, you know, I save somewhat by paying ahead on mortgage, uh, which is a helpful way to save if you have a pastor salary. Uh, and uh, the, you know, and we try to pay off debts right away. So, but, you know, but that's not necessarily savings, but similar. Uh, you know, I, I will say that I made a lot of money in high school. I worked, uh, I worked a job that I was the only person that was a minor working at. And I basically spent all of it. Uh, and, you know, we talk a lot about baseball. I don't follow it that closely nowadays, but I spent a ton of it specifically in going to Milwaukee Brewers games and, uh, and having fun and other things um, that beyond, I, I believe I did tithe, but, you know, I wasn't really saving. I was, you know, I wouldn't call getting nachos at Miller Park to be saving, would you? <laughs> no. Mm. Was this during like the Jeremy Burnett's and Jeff Jenkins days? Oh yeah, the Jeff Jenkins days for sure. Okay, so. nice. <laughs> yeah. So the I think uh that I forgot that there was a big dude that was like six foot eight that was on the team for a little while during that time, but Oh yeah. Uh, was it Russell Branion? No, no, I think like he went to the Diamondbacks afterwards. Uh whoever I'm blanking. But then they had Lyle Oberbay towards the okay, end of the Okay, I remember the name. So Anywho, but, uh, that, you know, for after college for a while, I was paying off debts. And then I, I did, you know, I would say I probably got into savings later in life than I should have. But, you know, that, but probably earlier than the average person does. So, uh huh. Now, do you think people save enough money, Ben? I mean, in our context, I, I can't speak uh, all over the place, but I would say probably not. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are in consumer debt with credit cards and things. And, uh, you know, I, the perception I have, at least, that it's not like, oh, man, we ran into a real emergency here and just necessities and we had to do that. It's sort of, you know, <laughs> buying up a lot of goods and services and going on vacation and things like that, um, kind of spending past people their means and, and beyond necessities. Um and I mean, I've seen statistics on it. I didn't pull it up for this, but I, I've seen stuff that would indicate that, no, uh, people are not saving very much money. Now, I know that changed some with the government bailout money um, that came from COVID, uh, and people were locked up in their houses, so they had less to so, – I mean, you couldn't get toilet paper and you know stuff like that. So, and you um, couldn't get a PlayStation 5, so you – know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you disagree with me on that? Yeah, I, I would agree. So uh, statistics say that there definitely are some people that set aside money, uh, but most Americans, uh, more than half of Americans that are, you know, as basically establishing careers, that's the only people looking at in this, will end up setting aside less than 6% of their income in a given year. So, uh, and many of them uh, don't give almost any though. Uh, I, I suspect most don't uh, that uh, give enough money. Uh, I mean, 6%, it depends on your situation, but 6%, I suspect for most people probably isn't enough money. But I, I do know that this is often complicated uh, and, you know, in a capitalistic system, uh, it, what's tricky about this is often the fact that spending can help some long-term thriving. So, for example, I mean, back to even the, when the government gave money, I know part of the reason why they did that was not so that people would just put it in their bank account, but so right. that people would put money in the economy and keep people having jobs, which in a way is its own savings account. But, uh, you know, I know some experts say that you should uh, that you should save between 10 and 20 percent but uh, none of that is inspired by God and uh, I, I don't think that we can uh, by fiat declare anything like that but it still feels like most people aren't giving quite enough 
to savings uh, yeah yeah i would i mean yeah i, I don't think it, it doesn't bother me too bad to say that with, with a good bit of confidence so now should christians set aside resources and if so how about christian young people i think I guess the should, if you want to focus on that part of it, I do think it's wise and it's good habits. And I mean, we'll get into this uh, in a minute, but I think the Bible commends that kind of behavior. Uh, I don't know that you could say the Bible commands that we put money in a savings account or a retirement account or this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm just overlooking some, some passages there, but uh, I think it certainly is uh, something that we should seek after because uh, it is wise. And yeah, that it, it Christian young people can do that as well. You don't have to, you know, grow up before you do that. Um, the, the kind of patterns and habits and character traits and things, delayed gratification is part of that, um, that you can begin at a young age, it will carry into adulthood and it will help. Um, I was talking with a friend the other night about someone that I knew who uh, early on came from a wealthy background, and so I assume just was kind of used to being able to get whatever was desired, and then got married, and uh, the money habits weren't very good, and so got a tax refund, or uh, yeah, a tax refund, and took the money and went and bought, you know, basically luxury items, entertainment items, and then had trouble like buying the groceries the next month. And, uh, you know, so those kinds of, uh, some of the things that were maybe sown early on in life, then were paying off or maybe coming, the the check was coming due uh, a little bit later. So, yeah. I I mean, do you think that it's a should thing or or how would you describe it? Yeah. Well, I want to caveat by some, you know, my uh, interest in history. I, I did some research on some Christians' perspectives on this, and I found that uh, Christians in the past were were less avert that you should you need to save, and actually, in ta- in some ways that we save, they would even have said we should not do that. So specifically, uh, life insurance. Uh, that was one thing. I have life insurance. I, I would recommend people get life insurance, uh, but in a way, it's kind of a savings plan. You know, it's it's. That it's you know it's an investment of the future, and uh, but unlikely throwing most of the money away. Hopefully, throwing most of the money away, but we'll see. Uh, but most yeah. many Christian leaders would even like speak out against having it, especially for Christian leaders. Actually, there were times in which it wasn't even available for pastors because the idea was that pastors would assume that uh, you know that they're going to trust God for their future. Uh, but you know I, that that's a so I bring that up to say that, you know, I don't think that we should be as, as harsh in it as maybe some people are on how we save. But I think saving can be good stewardship. And I think saving also is not presuming that God will always provide the exact same way uh, that he's providing now. That maybe that God is providing now. Uh, saving says maybe God is providing now so that he can provide for the future. Uh, and I, I think with starting with this with young people, I, I think this is, this is a wisdom discussion that we can get into. Uh, you know, but I will say that personally, uh, that I would say that I suspect that they should save, especially because I regret myself that I regret my lack of savings at that age. And I think I would have been better off. I think I would have been better off in my faith. And, and I, although I wouldn't have had as many brats in my stomach if it wasn't for that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, 
the Bible talks a lot about money, uh, just money in general, Old and New Testament. And I, I've struggled most of my life where I've been aware of money and uh, that kind of thing to have the proper relationship to it. Yeah. Because um, my my tendency, even if I was not a Christian, I would not be out there just blowing cash. That's just not my temperament. Um, though maybe there's things I would do with it that I I, I don't do as a Christian. Um I certainly wouldn't be giving lots, very much money if, if I was not yeah. a Christian. Um, but you know, just struggling to have the right relationship to it, and and this this tension between enjoying God's gifts and enjoying the creation He's given us, like that that is a godly thing to do, but then also uh, not idolizing those things or absolutizing those pleasures and those gifts, uh, but also like showing. Showing with our money that money ultimately is not our treasure, yeah. and uh, and that's a it's a tough line to walk. Or I, I think for many people, and I know at least it is for me. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that, that I think that leads us wisely to what the actual Bible says about saving for the future. Uh, what Bible verses do you know of? Do you know of a Bible verse that tells us uh, you shall invest in a uh, mutual fund and that uh, you need uh, specifically to do the, uh, I, I don't know, 401k every other Tuesday and putting money towards it? No, but there's one about the uh, Roth IRA over the traditional IRA. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, some passages that come to mind, Proverbs addresses money in various places. Um, Proverbs 6 talks about go to the ant, uh, how the, the ant lays up uh, resources, essentially, for the future. Um, and so if we're being lazy, we can look and, and take a lesson from God's creation, uh, that they're busy and uh, they are storing up for the future. Um, Proverbs twenty. 2120 talks about how that I think it's oil or you know these resources are in the wise man's house but a, a foolish person just uses the stuff up yeah. there's no regard to the future um, and, and then we think about some of the things that Jesus said about don't worry about the future some have taken that to to mean like don't even think about it I don't think that's what he's saying he's saying don't be anxious and all up in knots about what will I have yeah. but it doesn't mean you have no plans or no thought for it um, you know Jesus warns us against storing up for the future though uh, with the parable of the rich man he, he's got all this stuff and I think this is in Luke 12 uh, and yeah. so he says well I'll just build bigger barns and you know I'll just eat drink and be merry and uh he, he warns us against that mentality of just accumulating and accumulating. Um, so we are to – it's wise to look for the future, but it's also – it can become too much. Proverbs 13.22 talks about um, a, a wise man will save up to get basically an inheritance. Now, there is a translation question there. That some translations take it differently. Um, I know Dave Ramsey takes it as uh, – and it's not his personal translation. I don't think he's – you know. Uh, works in the biblical languages, but uh, a common translation that that's used, um, he cites it often to talk about saving up money to leave an inheritance, you know, for your grandchildren, essentially. Uh, and that is one way to take it. There's some that that, that take it slightly different that you know would uh, affect the meaning. But um, the Bible does commend looking ahead to the future, but not being controlled by that and finding security, too much security in it. So yeah. again, there's 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 a line to walk and, and and some tension there. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, I think those are some important passages. Some of them are similar to what I had. Uh, I I do want to add. I think the Proverbs thirteen twenty two 
I mean, there's a reason why this is often brought up, but, but I think a nuance of that is it really is focused on showing the benefit of saving for the sur- sake of serving, really. I mean, that it's, that this is not about, this passage is not a passage that says that uh, you should save so that you can, you know, retire out on the beach. Uh, this is a passage that, that speaks of saving as a, as a means of benefiting the next generation, of, of helping others. Uh, and then uh, I, I think another, Ephesians 4.28, which isn't directly on giving, it, uh, it talks about, it's, I think, an interesting passage for this. Uh, it says anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands. So that purpose clause, so that they may have something to share with those in need. And I think that the principle I think we can get from that is that saving, that saving as we will see is important from other texts, but giving always comes first. That, that, you know, we, that we, we seek resources first so that we can provide for our needs. Then we, then we provide for the needs of others, serve others. And after that, that after that, we look to the future. Uh, and then, uh, and then I, I also thought of the Luke 12 passage. And, and I think also a nuance of that as well is that it does show there's foolishness of too much uh, saving. But I think it, it, Jesus in that passage will extol saving in the kingdom. So I think the best investments are investments in heaven, investments that can't be done through a Roth. Have you ever, uh, do you have a Roth IRA program that puts it in heaven for you at all or no? <laughs> Still looking for that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not aware of one of those. Get an so. employer match on that. That would be pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did see a church listing one time that uh, mentioned uh, job listing and mentioned that uh, their uh, the you know the salary is extremely low, like couldn't survive off of it. And in the job listing, the church wrote, uh, "But the retirement is out of this world." <laughs> so I'll give them points for cleverness, not necessarily points for <laughs> kindness. <laughs> <laughs> Now, how much should Christians set aside? Can you give us an exact percentage point or an exact number every year? Well, you know, uh, Augustine thought that we would all be like 25 forever in the new heavens and the earth. I don't know where he got that number from, um, but I'm not going to similarly speculate. (laughs) Um, You know, John Wesley said, make as much as you can, give as much as you can, and save as much as you can. I mean, that's, that's something, but yeah, I I mean, a lot of Christians would talk about giving 10% of your income and then beyond that. Yeah. Like you said, there's people that say, oh, you should save 10% for retirement or 15% for retirement, different things like that. I mean, the Bible just doesn't speak to those things about what you should do, you know, in the sense of this is the will of God for you uh, to do otherwise is sin. So I think it's going to depend on uh, on context and situation and, uh, your life circumstances, but, you know, it can be helpful to, to save, uh, for your family, for, you know, for yourself, you and your spouse, and then, you know, to be of benefit, like you said, you're talking about the Proverbs 13 passage. Um, but yeah, there's just so many other factors that go into it, uh, and evaluating your motives. Why, why are we saving this much? And again, is it so that I can retire on the beach and, you know, play golf all day and whatever the, cases or um where do you live how much money do you need you know i mean there's just there's so much i I really can't give a 
uh, uh, what you should do. Yeah. 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 So I, I would agree with you on that. I, I definitely think we can't answer that for our listeners, but I also want to add nor can other ministries definitively answer this. Uh, you know, and I think there are some ministries that, uh, Christian finance ministries that would try to give a definitive answer, and all they're giving is wisdom. Uh, it couldn't be good wisdom, uh, but we can't operate based upon these rules that are are given beyond what Scripture says. So, uh, I too tend to think that the average uh, that for the average person, uh, when we're saving more than we're giving, I think we're saying something less than ideal about our priorities. Uh, and unfortunately, I'm aware of ministries that encourage uh, saving significantly more than you give, and, and I, I would, n- I think I couldn't support that uh, from some biblical principles. You know, now I obviously know every case is different, and uh, you know, if uh, Shahan, if, if Shohei Otani, Showtime, that if Shohei Otani, who's expected to get some insane contract next year, I've heard, if he were to become a Christian, and uh, you know, and he were to start tithing today to a local church that would probably cause a huge amount of problems. Uh, so in some cases, yeah, probably, especially if you work a career where you retire at 35, you know, maybe you need to save a little bit more. Uh, but I don't think that most of our listeners are, you know, that uh, are, are expert baseball players that are great, both at batting and pitching. <laughs> Yeah, but I would say as a principle, consider giving enough uh, that uh, so that you would not be a burden, uh, but not enough that you would have uh, that you would live for the sake of that good retirement. Because you know, I think that there can be too much if you know if the too much becomes our focus, our glory, uh, you know, that the purpose of our life. So that once we get to that point, we have the good life. Because Christianity is about the good life. Uh, for Jesus, not about the good life in this life. So, now, can uh, saving ever be a bad thing for the Christian? Well, I think that it can be a bad thing uh, in various contexts. One, if, if you're being maybe the degree to which you're saving, like the the rich guy in the parable who's building bigger barns and gonna just eat, drink, and be merry. Um, his focus is solely on the goods and enjoying the goods and this kind of thing. And so if you're being greedy or putting hope in it rather than being rich towards God, that's going to be a bad thing. Now, that doesn't mean that it's, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Again, it's an issue of degree. Um, there may be some situations, though, where you have more pressing needs that you need to spend the money on just to, to maybe prevent going into debt. Yeah. Or, um, like you talked about with giving, I'm aware of, uh, at least one ministry in particular, there's probably more than that, that would advocate, uh, stockpiling for a while before giving. Now then they, they do get to giving and they're like, well, if you, if you accumulate enough, then you can really give like crazy. Um, and I'm not fully on board with that approach. Yeah. Lord um, teach us the number of days. What's that? Lord, teach us a number of days. They are not guaranteed they will get to. Uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I, I would have some issue with that. Again, I, I don't want to fully just be like, oh, my goodness, this is from the pit of hell. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but I think it's a little bit, few clicks off. And um, so, yeah, I, those are kind of the circumstances I see where it could be a bad thing. But I don't know. what. 
you disagree? You add to that? Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head. I, I just would add, I think that there's some benefits, some Christian money management uh, teachings, uh, but there are sometimes we got to be careful because I think that there are some teachings of that that can basically become a prosperity gospel for the type of people that live in the suburbs. Uh, you know, and, and I'm being kind of silly, but at the same time, I think the the philosophy behind you know living it up for the white picket fence and the philosophy behind you know that that uh, seeing seeing God blessing us because of our savings is not substantially different from seeing God blessing us because we give a large amount to a specific local church and in fact I think one might even be worse than the other that so, mm. uh, but I think even here uh, you know some good savings approaches actually will invest in our economy uh, you know so uh, I think we're able to help other people so and I think that's the tricky thing with with savings that because even the limitations of it uh, oftentimes when we are savings when we're giving money into like a Roth IRA or or whatever a 401k directly in the stock market actually you are serving people in our American economy uh, because we're investing into into jobs so that they can use that money to even hire people so you know so it is tricky to navigate exact details but but i just would say don't put your hope in it never make never make savings your source of hope because that's the place that only belongs to god yeah because it can feel stable and, and i mean i remember even in my adult life you know i was now no longer using the spaghetti jar to, to use uh to to you know, hold the money. I uh, was using the bank, and uh, I did get into investing later than I would have liked to. But um, I would just check it again to sort of like, okay, yeah. it makes me feel safe that there's this money there. Uh, but I mean, as Solomon tells us, riches can grow wings and fly away. And he didn't deal with the stock market. So how much you're like, oh my goodness, that drops so much in one day or one week. <laughs> oh man, that's a really bad day. Let me close this app down. Um, yeah. But you know, if, if uh, to, to your point, if Shohei is listening, he wants to send a little on, we can help the good folks that build private jets. I mean, they need jobs too. And so, you know, we can, <laughs> so we can further the ministry, you know, we can take the show on the road. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> now, should we hold off on giving uh, to the local church until we have saved enough? I know you alluded to that earlier. Uh, which, uh, which of these is really the priority for the Christian? Savings or giving or neither? I mean, I don't want to draw too hard a lines here. Both, both are good. I think try to do them both simultaneous, simultaneously if possible. Um, and I mean, I, I don't think you ask about this directly, but you know, what you do with your money in here in this first tithing, uh, giving that comes in. I don't personally think in the new covenant that we are commanded to tithe. Yeah. Um, there's places where Paul could have said, well, hey, you know, you're supposed to tithe. And he never says that. But he does talk about being generous. And so for some people, being generous means they would give more. And actually, it's some smarter, than, way smarter than me, more biblically literate than me. Uh, I've done the math. And it's more like a 23 and a, a third yeah. percentage um, than a, a mere 10%. So, um, but for a lot of people, they could give more than 10%. And um, that would be generous for them. Whereas others, 
hitting 10% would be very difficult. Um, now I know of plenty of people have heard of cases, people, you know, they thought, how am I even going to get 10%? And they did. And the Lord provided for them. Uh, and I think there's a way that, yes, you're, you're not going to outgive God. And those people did that because it was on their conscience. They thought I need to obey the Lord in this matter. And, um, so I, I mean, I'm not going to throw rocks at someone like that. Um, but the Bible does emphasize the, I guess the character trait of generosity above even you know the, the saving for the future. Um, again, the proportions though, I, I don't know. I don't want to draw too hard lines on that, and depending on what your life situation is and and all of that. So, yeah. um, how many mouths to feed and what what the needs are. I don't yeah. know. What do, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I think this is important to go through. Actually, I've known a Christian that. Uh, the and I'm not sure the Christian was using their money wise in every sense, but you know that they decided that you know I'm not going to I'm going to start giving to my church like a year or two down the road after I built this nest egg that I need to have uh, that this nest egg that's enough to make me comfortable and. and I think to that, uh, you know, we should. That I'm not. I'm not sure that you can support that kind of mentality biblically. Uh, you know, we. I, I agree with you, Ben, that we're not ordered to tithe in the New Testament. Uh, but even with that, there is commands in the Old Testament, even if they don't directly apply to us, but some of God's people about reaching a, a, an amount of giving. You know that 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 you keep giving sacrificially. But the passages on savings. I mean, we both agree they're pretty vague, right? They're sparse and they're vague. And the way that oftentimes the passages about giving really aren't. Uh, and so I think clearly the priority is to, you know, even if you're only able to give a little, you know, I, I think this is going to often be case by case, but don't build towards what we desire and then choose to give generosity. Even if you've been told that then you'll be able to give more generously in that situation. And I think part of why is, uh, you know, I've heard it, I, I think wrongly taught that, you know, if you, if you tithe right away or you give this amount of money right away in your church, that God's going to bless you and he's going to make sure that you have enough, uh, more than enough. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure that I believe that. Uh, I don't think that we will get more from God if we, if we tithe for first or give to the church first. Uh, but I do think that we will get for We will get reward in the kingdom. And I think, I think God will be good uh, to honor us and, and to that I think God may even give us the gift of contentment with the lesser that we will objectively have if we give to the Lord, uh, even as we're striving to build up that nest egg, even if we're striving to build up a wise savings. So, because yeah, I do think clearly the biblical emphasis is on benevolence. And I think it's hard not to see that because even Luke 12, I mean, Luke 12, it is, we save up for the kingdom, but, but I mean, that's a miss, a long passage. The whole of Luke 12, Jesus is rebuking people that are ignoring the perils and the needs of others around them. And so the, I think, so much of the New Testament pushes towards we, we use our resources to serve each other more than, although not instead of, but more than we use our resources to serve our future. This question, I know you've been preaching through Luke's gospel. Um, have you gotten to the, the parable yet about the guy with the building his barns? Yeah, I got there like six months ago, but yeah. They, okay. Yeah, I'm in Luke 18. I'm in Luke 17, rather. Okay. So. 
Anyway, so now how can we show respect to different Christians with different approaches on investment? Because I think we've realized different Christians are going to have different approaches here. Well, you've identified these are a lot of this is matters of wisdom, sound judgment, conscience. Um, And so I think we can try to just ask with a lot of things, ask questions, seek understanding, seek to persuade if we think someone's off base and it would be helpful for them to, you know, we think. Now, this would be better for you, or this would be more pleasing to the Lord, or more helpful, or uh, what the case may be, and encourage them towards faithfulness. But uh, we can't draw lines where Scripture has it. Now, I mean, I, I can think of some kind of scenario where someone says, well, I think I'm supposed to get 50% of my income, and they really can't even begin to afford something like that. Um, give 50% of my income away, and then I, I need to put this in savings. Um, and so then if they're neglecting of responsibilities, I mean, I think that's an issue you can step in. That's a little bit easier to parse up and say, well, no, that's you're not taking care of your responsibilities, um, or you're, you're being dependent on others because you're doing this and so um maybe just because you have this notion this inner notion or inner you know prompting to do that uh if it's violating other things that scripture clearly says then you need to reassess that but i think in general we just try to be humble and realize we don't have all the answers and again that some of these like you said the passages on savings and laying up that they're intentionally vague yeah um and so, and it's not going to look the same for every person in every situation. And again, you know, various needs that people may have, um, it may require saving up more, or if they're planning for the future and they have a child with some special needs or things like that, um, it's not that they're in sin, that they're putting up more for the this child who's not going to be able to fully support themselves or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, and, and we can also encourage them to, you know, go hard into crypto, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I was going to address crypto a little bit but uh, eventually, but uh, I, I think remember only that God is sovereign uh, and he alone is sovereign. Even if your mutual fund performs well, even if you have found yourself in a situation where God has blessed and allowed your savings uh, that choice, even if it was a wise choice, to go really well. And I think that is really key to having humility and compassion towards others. And I think also realize that debt and poverty can sometimes be a systemic uh, and difficult thing to get out of. And so, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I've, I've known of Christians that came to the Lord and that they had a horrible credit. And so, you know, the idea that I need to save and that you need to spend less than your car payment when, you know, the only loans you can get are outrageous percents, I'm sure even higher now, I, it just wouldn't be a helpful thing to, for them to be told that because of the fact that it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's going to take a long process and we need to be compassionate, merciful to people who may never be in a place to save in the way that we think is wise. Uh, you know, go ahead. Yeah, my brother-in-law uh, has done a lot of work over the last, you know, 20, 25 years with uh, the poor. And we were talking about a situation and he said, you know, one of the things I've learned in that time is that the people that I minister to, they really don't care about my, you know, he kind of grew up middle class, my middle class notions of money and possessions and all that. Like they just see it differently yeah. and, and just being humble to accept that and go, okay, I don't, it don't, I don't have to make them in the mold of kind of what I, how I think it should be. 
Yeah. And, you know, I, I do think we mentioned so much of this being wisdom issues. Wisdom issues doesn't mean just shut your mouth or give, give you know, not give thoughts. Wisdom is important. Wisdom helps life thrives. And, you know, maybe have a wisdom oriented talk with somebody that you that you love that you think is probably making not the best choices on investments. You know, maybe a person that's really put their financial future in multi-level marketing. Uh, that or you know somebody that maybe or maybe you have a strong opinion against crypto and you know somebody who is really investing towards that end and you you worry about their future I think it couldn't be right to have that conversation but remember that even if those things don't work out even if things blow up as you fear they will uh, God will take care of them so connecting this finally to families, I know we take a while sometimes in my podcast to do that. So when should young people start saving money, Ben? As soon as you can get that pickle or uh, the uh, spaghetti jar cleaned out and ready for them. Um, I mean, I think from an early age, I mean, that's something we've done with our kids. I know we talked about allowances one time or something. I don't remember exactly what the episode was about, if it was specifically with that, but um, I mean, that's something we've done with our kids. Like, so we required them uh, to save just to teach them that habit of delayed gratification. And, you know, because different kids are great. I mean, you see this with adults. They have different temperaments and approaches towards money. I mean, some kids, it's just like burning a hole in their pocket. Other kids, oh, yeah. they're more willing to set it aside. And so I think, I don't know, there's a set age, but once they're able to, to kind of deal with some money, I think it's a good thing to start personally, but um, yeah, so. I don't know what do you think. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I think at least probably in most cases, I, it's wise to probably when they start getting some money, uh, at least I think it could be wise when they get their first job in a way that I did not do. <laughs> mm. And But I, I do think this should be after we've taught them to give, after we've taught uh, sacrificial giving principles. Uh, and I think we can teach them that doing this early uh, will give them freedom uh, to follow God in a variety of ways in the future. Uh, and, you know, actually... I, we're going to, there's a section that we just cut out uh, for reasons, but you know, an example of that is, uh, I know that Ben and I both know different separate people that are examples of, you know, they're, they're more free to follow God and more free to serve people because of the wisdom of them saving, even as a child. Mm. Now, how can parents help their kids learn the purpose and practice of saving? Well, like I just mentioned, I, mean, I think you could require them to do it. Uh, I wouldn't tell people you have to do that. That's, I mean, that's something we have done. And, uh, you know, there was a little pushback. But with it, we said, really, we're not taking this money from you. You're just sort of delayed on when you can mm -hmm. use it. And uh, and so when they see that, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's not so bad. Um, and there for a while, at least one of the kids was really eager to spend money whenever it was received. Now that's, that's cooled down. And... Uh, but yeah, I think that that's one step towards it. You could um, open up a bank account. You could op show them, oh, look, see here, it got you gained some interest, and um, this is there if, if you were to need it. You know, talk to them about uh, why we save money and uh, give them some examples, maybe from your own life. You know, that kind of thing, so that they can see it's not just, uh, oh man, this is no fun. Like you know, I. 
I take my money and go to the store and buy a toy or something, that's fun. But putting it in the bank, like that's not, yeah, that's not glistening. Uh, but help them to see the benefit of that. Uh, and you can, I think, connect that in other other areas of life about delayed gratification uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, again, that was an area like whether I was a Christian or not, it just would have been how I did it. Like I would get Halloween candy or Easter candy or something. And I would just like save it for months and months and mm-hmm. months. Probably told it wasn't any good anymore. Cause it's like, well, if I eat it now, I won't have it later. Well, later came like, well, if I eat it now, I won't have it later. <laughs> you still don't like <laughs> so, have it. Yeah. We'll it just never, never uh, was consumed. That's funny. So yeah, I would just add to that. Uh, you know, I think something simple like teaching wise budgeting can be helpful towards this. Because uh, even, you know, I think we both Ben and I agree that there's no biblical command on, on giving a certain percent and there's no biblical command, well, no biblical command for us at least, and no biblical command on saving a certain amount. But that I, I think that there's not a command against it. And oftentimes it is a wise thing to do. And, you know, our household, we there's a certain percent that we give and there's a certain percent that we save. I mean, it, it's chosen based upon a budgeting approach. It's not random. I mean, there's some random element of it and I think teaching our, I think teaching kids if you do that that teaching kids how you do that and how you break down the money you get can be a helpful way to help them think towards savings and being mindful because to be frank you know if you'd for most cases if people don't set a percent for themselves to save or give they probably won't save and they probably won't give or they'll you know give everything and uh, then be dependent upon giving of other people so yeah. Yeah. But I also think uh, talking about an error that is prevalent, I think we should talk to our kids about the error of working for retirement. Uh, you know, because I think that can be an error that we need to keep our kids mindful of as we navigate savings, you know, to show that it's always, like all things, it's for the glory of God. Yeah. I, I think. Um yeah, that, that's got to be chief in the motivation and not just, oh, well, then you can go do what you want and play golf. Or... Get a jet ski, yeah. <laughs> got to get that jet ski. So now what, <laughs> now, what can churches do to help young people be more wise and future-minded with their resources? Well, just talk about it, make it a point. Like we've noted before, money comes up pretty regularly in the Bible. In Jesus' teaching, um, Paul talks about it, James talks about it, John talks about it. Um, I'm trying to think if Peter does. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, and then in the Old Testament, you, you see teaching on it as well. And so just as you're teaching through Scripture, however your approach, if you have you know age-graded ministry, you're just helping kids to think about it, um, just bringing it up, spend some time, you know, if it's in a group setting – it addresses money. Just kind of throw out some questions to help them be thinking and say, oh, see, the Bible does address this. I think a lot of times people have this notion of, you know, God's will, and it's like, what is God's will for my life? Okay, who, where do I go to college or what do I do after I graduate? Who do I marry? Where do I live? You know, the, what kind of job do I do? These big kind of life-altering things. Um, but most of the time when the Bible talks about God's will for us, it, it's not talking so much about God's will for my life. It's just God's will for us. It's that we become like Christ. And, and one of those ways that we become like Christ is that we become generous. Um, and, and just in our our approach towards the resources that God has entrusted to us. And so helping them to see that the Bible addresses these things when, you know, 
when it comes to biblical decision making, um, if people aren't even aware the Bible has addressed a matter, they may just pray, quote, you know, and see kind of what happens, the, the liver shivers or whatever, as you yeah. uh, have described before. But if they don't know that God has spoken about this, then they're less likely to go looking. And so uh, just helping to condition their conscience and, and their mind uh, that, yeah, the Bible addresses these things. And mm-hmm, let's, let's massage this into the details of your life a little bit. Um, I mean, also coming alongside parents and encouraging them, training them. If there's resources you give them or a, uh, a class or something to talk to their kids about these things. Because, again, it, it is a reflection of our heart, and it is a matter of our our discipleship, our following of Jesus, that we handle our, our money and resources in a way that pleases him. And as we said before, there's people, a lot of people not saving a lot. There's excess spending on, you know, as, as James Ford talks about, you know, you ask so that you can spend it on your pleasures. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's that for sure. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, just helping to, to begin the conversation, uh, because increasingly we have people who are biblically Ill- illiterate or, um, don't have a lot of working Bible knowledge. And so to see like, oh, okay, yeah, Scripture is sufficient as I think through these things and try to make decisions um, that will please the Lord and help my kids to do the same thing. That's a good word. So, yeah, I wouldn't really add much to that. I, I do think uh, I, I think a little things like showing, uh, welcoming young people in church budget talk and patiently walking them through why we do what we do is a little thing that you can do, but it's helpful because mm. I think seeing how even churches, I mean, churches typically have some degree of savings uh, that um, I know of church that didn't that, uh, and then it would, t- it was a large church and it would take from other organizations when it <laughs> had a deficit. But uh, the, and I think another thing that to kind of help, being uh, wise and future-minded with resources, I think, would be next-generation ministries can strive to not be splashy just for the sake of doing the big thing. And I think part of it is, is I think it teaches a we're investing in the kingdom, but we're also making sure we're wise for the future. Uh, and uh, and I think those kind of little things can make a big difference in and teaching that to the next generation. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And to close us out, what are some good resources for thinking biblically on savings, Ben? You know, I don't know that I have any great recommendations. I mean, there is a book. Um, it's a technical book to some extent. Um, so I don't know that it's something everybody would want to dig into. But it's a good book. It's called Neither Poverty Nor Riches mm-hmm. um, by Craig Blomberg. And it sort of gives what he calls a biblical theology of money and possessions in the Bible. So he addresses uh earning and saving and giving and these kinds of things and, and i think takes a i don't know even-handed approach is not the right word but i think he takes a wise approach to it and then he kind of bridges it in today and talks even some about his own practices and um how he tries to work some of those things out and um admits his own shortcomings in that there's another book uh the treasure principle now i have not read yeah. the treasure principle in a while this one is a much smaller, definitely not academic book. Now, he talks a lot about giving. Um, does he talk about savings in there? Can you remember? I don't remember. So, but. Okay, and I, I was looking around on my shelves here, and I think it must be my copy is at my house. I don't know. Maybe I just found it. But I mean, <laughs> he did talk about uh, savings to investing in the kingdom, which I think is really important. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a 
real short, punchy little book. Randy Alcorn is a good writer, um, and it's a guy who he because of some court judgment against him because he was protesting at an abortion clinic a number of years ago. Um, the judgment he got was that he could never make more than minimum wage. And so he was able to survive off of a minimum wage and then still give money. And, um, and you know, so obviously there's something to be gained from his faith and just his handling of resources. Um, you know, we talked earlier and I'll go, uh, you know, I'll say the name, not to, to be slanderous because it's not my intent, but, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey has some good things to say. He actually got me kind of motivated. We had some, uh, not a lot, but we had some student debt after college. Um, and, you know, I was just kind of throwing the minimum at it. And he got me motivated to just go after it and get yeah. get it done with. And, uh, and that was helpful. Um, he can push, though, more towards the kind of a more worldly approach in some ways um and kind of kind of the guy with the barn now he does talk about giving um and i think he is a a generous giver i i I don't know the guy and so again i'm not trying to you know tear him down or something like that i just think some of the i I think professes to be a christian i think some of the principles there sometimes are taken more from worldly wisdom than they are straight from the bible um so that would just kind of be my my warning there again there he has helpful things to say um and some general like for some people it can be a really good starting point of just like getting your budget in order and and, and having a budget yeah. and not just spending money and that kind of stuff so yeah. i don't know what what else would you have you found helpful yeah yeah i would agree with you on on the caveats on that uh on dave ramsey with that and uh you know i think for sure, following his, and there are some other more overtly Christian budget-focused uh, principles that I think can be wise. Uh, just remember, for any of them, don't take their words as gospel. Uh, you know, I, I think we should we should go to scripture before we go to a lot of these things. But uh, and I would add a couple. Uh, I really liked. Uh, there's a relatively short book by Jim Newheiser called Money, Debt, and Finances, uh, and he kind of navigates all kinds of man- navigating money for Christians, and I think it was really helpful. Um, um, then also one for kids, Marty Machowski has a little booklet called Teaching Your Child About Money, and, and I think that can be something that, and it does navigate even the importance of savings, and I think is a real uh, a nice little takeaway for a lot of people. And then lastly, I would actually mention uh, Don't Waste Your Life or perhaps even just uh, the famous seashell sermon on YouTube. And the reason for bringing that up, I think, actually is that uh, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper, as the sermon is as well, is because I think it's, it's all, as even though we should invest, uh, we are wise to invest. We need to have the perspective that, you know, life is not for retirement uh, and we live for the glory of god so even what we save is for god's glory yeah you know that uh piper has made the don't waste your life book has made a uh repeat appearance and like the last time we recorded we talked about grads yeah we recommended that book so i know yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway so well I, i've enjoyed having this conversation with you uh and uh, you know, perhaps I can and I can save up this podcast episode for a future counseling session, or or just a conversation with somebody. Maybe so. You know, I love that money. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was good talking to you, brother. You too. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.